Let the good times roll. A line first uttered for Fat Tuesday, that final day when you can celebrate, eat as much good food as you can, party, pray, drink, have a good time. Most famous in New Orleans, what we now call Mardi Gras. Tens of thousands in the Big Easy for the final celebration tomorrow. In a religious sense, if you were a Christian who practices Lent leading up to Easter, you don't buy into the line of sin boldly. Nothing wrong with the parades and floats and the beads thrown out, but in the Crescent City, the debauchery of Mardi Gras goes extreme, especially on Bourbon Street. Historically, a way to celebrate your sin, preparing to not sin, which of course is not how it works. This year, Mardi Gras coincides with Valentine's Day, which leads me to value my marriage. More important, the mystery of marriage God ordained, that marriage points to Christ and his church. Welcome to Haven Today. Here it is a Monday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're starting a new series today called The Glory of Marriage. David Wollen, our new president and host, I want to let everyone know that this series was something that was really on your heart. And it wasn't just because Valentine's Day comes this Wednesday. No, that's right, Charles. Uh, Although, I have to admit, Valentine's Day may have factored in a little bit. I'm certainly looking forward to Wednesday, and I'm thanking the Lord for my marriage with Marcy. But you're right, I I have been thinking a lot about marriage lately, but that's for other reasons. You know, as a as a preacher, as an elder in my local church. Uh, in fact, Marcy and I just started a premarital counseling with a young couple that'll be married this summer, um, but also as a radio pastor now with Haven. And the debate about marriage that's just raging in our culture right now, why does marriage matter so much to us as Christians? We often talk about God's design, that marriage is the most fundamental structure in human society. Uh, It's the basis of what constitutes a family. That's where future generations come from. And if I could also hop in here, David, all of that really matters. And there are a myriad of other issues, especially culture war issues of our day that are related. All of these matter. But that's not at the core of what you've been thinking about, is it? It's not. What I've been pondering recently is what the Apostle Paul calls the mystery of the gospel, which is uniquely found in marriage. And this week, I want to make the case that this is the foundational reason Christians should care about marriage and that every other reason which matters is derivative of this truth. So if our listeners are hearing me say this and wondering what I mean, well, just hang on. We're going to deliver on that promise today and later this week and flesh it out a bit more. And in the next few moments, we're going to hear from a friend of ours who's going to help us see and enjoy this bold, refreshing reality of marriage. Marriage matters and is amazing because it's a prophetic whisper of that final and eternal declaration of the love of Christ for the undeserving. Ray Ortland is his name. He has the same voice as his father, who was my predecessor on this radio program. Longtime listeners know his father was the voice of Haven for many years in the 80s and 90s. 
Well, Dr. Ray Ortland is going to be back with us a little later to help us think more deeply and might I even say more biblically about marriage. Yes, and Ray certainly has his finger on something, the pulse of something that I think for most of us has been hiding in plain sight. He wrote a book that contains what is, I think, among the boldest and most theologically profound statements about marriage I've ever heard. So stay with us. You can be married, you can be single, you can be widowed. It doesn't matter what marital state you're in. This is relevant to every Christian, because this topic is about Jesus and every believer. And after the program, we would love to send you Ray Ortland's short excellent book called Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel for your gift to the ministry. In his book, Ray traces marriage through Scripture, from the very first marriage in the Garden of Eden to the ultimate marriage in the book of Revelation. And he lays out a big vision of marriage that shows Christ's covenantal love for his bride and his church. And Charles, I don't want to oversell this, but I want to say I've never read any book like this one. Uh, I just finished reading it a few days ago, and I firmly believe that this is going to strengthen the faith of every Christian who reads it, because it highlights God's committed, steadfast love for us. So after the program, I want to invite our listeners to come and visit us online and make a gift to the ministry and request this resource, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. So come and visit us at haventoday.org, that's haventoday.org, or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. Once again, 800-65-HAVEN. And in a few minutes, we're going to hear more from Dr. Ray Ortland. We're going to talk more about the beauty and the glory of marriage as found in God's Word. Let's open the program now. Redemption City opens with a song about where marriage leads us, O Bride of Christ. i 
Haven today and the program series we're starting today is the glory of marriage and that was O bride of christ by redemption city on this program well david this is a topic you care deeply about you've put a lot of thought into it obviously this book that uh, we found by dr ray ortland someone we both regard highly is going to figure prominently. So why don't you tee this off? What are we talking about? Why does it matter this Valentine's week? And how about you bringing Ray into the conversation as well? I think this is something our listeners, including myself, need to hear today. Well, as do I. Marriage is a mystery. And that's the strong claim of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5. And uh, Charles, I've been married almost 20 years now. Marcy and I are aiming for 50 plus though, so I figure we're still newlyweds. But uh, after two decades, I'm amazed at how much I still have to learn and grow as a husband. Now, most of the time I've heard people talk or preach about Ephesians 5, the focus is on how husbands need to love their wives and how wives giving respect to their husbands makes such a difference. And I'm deeply convicted by all of that. I know I need to do a better job at loving and cherishing my wife. But at the same time, in this passage, there is more. But we don't often focus on why Paul says that marriage is a mystery, or how profound a statement that really is. In this famous passage on marriage, Ephesians 5, Paul talks about husbands loving their wives as Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her, husbands loving their wives as their own body, caring for her as Christ does the church. But then Paul writes, for we are members of his body. That's referring to Christ. And then he quotes from Genesis 2.24, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. It's that last sentence, Charles. Paul says mystery is a profound marriage. But does marriage really seem mysterious to us? If not, I think there really can only be two options. Either we understand marriage better than the Apostle Paul, or he was seeing something that we don't. And I think it's the latter. Ray Ortland does a superb job addressing this in his book, and I'm really excited to bring his insights into the program. So in this first clip, we're going to hear Ray talking about why it's so important to look at marriage through the developing story of the Bible and and to connect the dots that we see at the very beginning of Genesis and then through the grand sweep of the story, taking us all the way into Revelation and the consummation of all things. Well, just doing the research for this book was eye-opening to me. Um, what I saw more clearly than ever before and is so meaningful to me is if, if I'd never read the Bible before, ever, I didn't know what was in the Bible, I read Genesis chapter 1 
And everything is cosmic and massive and glorious and sweeping and dramatic and so forth. I turn the page to read Genesis chapter 2, and I'm thinking, what will the sequel be? This is going to be amazing. And what I find in Genesis chapter 2 is a young man and a young woman in a garden falling in love and getting married. (laughs) And I think, what am I missing here? (laughs) How is that fitting after such an amazing introduction? But that question, it, it, it isn't answered there in Genesis itself. It's just sort of left there. And what we find as the Bible unfolds, and we go, let's fast forward all the way to the last two chapters of the Bible, we find the Savior, the Son of God, taking on his arm into the eternal honeymoon his bride, the gathered, collected, redeemed people of God, and under the blessing of the Father, being swept away into what we call heaven, but which is in fact uh, the eternal marriage. And in the way the Bible is designed, the eschatology, the last things, illuminate the protology, the first things. So now in hindsight, we can see why Adam and Eve were there and why they matter and why marriage matters. Marriage matters and is amazing because it's a prophetic whisper of that final and eternal declaration of the love of Christ for the undeserving. The Son of God entered into the world to gather a people to himself. He came across the tracks to the wrong side of town to find her. I think I heard Tim Keller say once, the Bible can be understood basically like this. God is saying, I loved you, but I lost you, and I want you back forever. So when we see the Bible in its totality, marriage is not uh, one theme among others. There are particular passages in the Bible about marriage, but when we see it as the Bible begins, as the Bible ends, we realize marriage is the category for the gospel. It's the wraparound um, uh, uh, theme that brackets the entire Bible so that the Bible as a whole is God's message of marital love to his people who will receive him. This is Haven Today. I'm David Wolin here with Charles Morris, and that was Ray Ortland talking about his book, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. And a special thanks to Crossway Publishers for the use of this interview. We really appreciate that. And what you heard Ray saying there at the end is the reason that we're doing this series this week. On Haven, we always say we're telling the great story. It's all about Jesus. And that great story is a story about love and marriage, ultimately. As Ray said, marriage is the wraparound theme that brackets the entire Bible. Now, that is a huge statement. It has major implications for how we read the Bible, for one. It helps us when we encounter like polygamy in the Old Testament. We're going to tackle that thorny question later this week, but I'll give you a sneak peek at the answer right now. Was polygamy ever okay according to the Bible? The answer is no, but you'll have to keep listening this week to hear more on that. But this conviction that marriage is the wraparound theme of the Bible and the category that we receive from the Bible for the gospel itself, that has implications 
for how we see marriage now in the 21st century and all the challenging questions facing the church and its witness related to marriage today. So let's hear a little more from Ray Ortland now talking about how his work on this book even expanded his own view of marriage. My reverence for marriage itself uh, went to a new height. Here's why. Because the biblical definition of marriage, it is not true that the Bible is ambiguous about what marriage is. Mm -hmm. There are, for example, polygamous marriages among the kings of ancient Israel and so forth. Mm -hmm. But marriage was defined in the beginning at Genesis uh, chapter 2, verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, that's, that is, now that's why I could never agree with same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Same-sex marriage makes sense if marriage is just a more intense form of human friendship. If all human relationships are on one continuum with um, hostility over at one end, love over at the other end, and just sort of different degrees of those, and marriage is just a more intense form of friendship, a more intense form of love, then, okay, same-sex marriage, I could understand. But what the Bible's saying is that marriage is of a different order altogether. Mm. Healthy friendships have boundaries. Mm. The whole point of marriage is one flesh, no boundaries, no barriers, so that when a man and woman get married on their wedding day, as they take their vows in the sight of God, mm. he joins them together, mm. and there is, they're then surrounded by a morally impenetrable barrier mm. uh, around them, and between them, within that Garden of Eden, that circle, there are no barriers between them. All the guardedness falls away. There's nothing else like that. Ephesians 5 says this is a profound mystery. Now, I've introduced my wife many times over the years. I've said, hi, I'm Ray Ortland. This is my dear wife, Jannie. Nobody in that moment has ever said, no way. You guys are married? That's a profound mystery. (laughs) And marriage is common. But that's why Paul tells us it's a profound mystery. This common, frequent uh, human reality has a meaning we never would have imagined if we were just going to surmise what it's all about. The Bible is saying that this unlimited, boundary-breaking, profound union of one man with one woman for one lifetime is actually showing us what God is like and how God loves us. Wow. So I would have thought, sure, God loves me. You know, but he kind of, he, he loves me in the sense that he tolerates me. Yeah, right. He loves me with a kind of benevolent detachment. Yeah, yeah. But I really kind of irritate him. Yeah. Uh, but the, the gospel actually reveals to us that God loves us with a marital love. God loves us with passion. God loves us with, he breaks down every barrier and, and, and throws himself with all his heart into our reality with, at every level of need and gives himself wholeheartedly, fully, without holding back. That's marital love. There are no boundaries. Speak, O Lord, and renew our minds. Help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. 
Alone album, Speak, O Lord, Keith and Kristen Getty. I'm Charles Morris on a program called The Glory of Marriage. And David Wollen, what a great series. I'm so glad we're talking about marriage this week with Valentine's Day. And on a week when many of us are rightly thinking about the need to rekindle or, or kind of relight the romance in our marriages. And also those people who don't really understand it, who might even be celebrating Fat Tuesday tomorrow and Mardi Gras. This is a series that strengthens the foundation of why and what we celebrate with our marriages, those of us who the Lord has lead to marriage, doesn't it? Well, it does. And you know, Charles, we're going to be getting practical also as the week progresses. We're going to be applying what we're talking about. But even something as wonderful and as holy as marriage, as Christians, uh, I, I think it's helpful for us to be reminded that marriage ultimately is about Jesus. And that's what gives us motivation to invest in our marriages. This gives marriage a sense of dignity and purpose that would be missing if we tried to understand it apart from Christ. And that's the heart of Ray Ortland's book, uh, Marriage and the Mystery of the Gospel. Okay, David, you're obviously very passionate about this. There are a lot of marriage books out there. I mean a lot. So why don't you tell me, why is it important to get this book? Why is it important to read this book? Well, uh, a couple of things come to mind, Charles. I'm, I'm thinking about our churches today, about how people, young people, are waiting longer and longer to get married. I'm thinking about the uh, quote-unquote hookup culture that's more rampant in our churches than many of us realize. And it's one of the reasons that younger Christians are seeing traditional views of marriage as exactly that, tradition. And that's a weak foundation for convictions. So, Charles, it's important that we talk about the biblical basis of marriage and the authority of God's word for that, which is very valid and true. But what I love about Ray Ortland's book is that it captivates us with the beauty of God's plan for marriage. And, and not just the beauty of human romance, but the divine romance. And if Christians understood and could articulate how marriage and the mystery of the gospel actually intersect, I think we'd be a lot more effective in our churches, in our parenting, in our conversations with friends and family and unbelievers. And I think it would help our marriages. And that's the other reason it's personal for me, Charles. Just reading this book caused me to kind of turn in my heart and look at my wife of almost 20 years, Marcy, in a whole new way. I've read a lot of marriage books, Charles. Most of them are how-to kinds of books. But I've never read a marriage book that's impacted me like this one has. Well, and David, I'm well over 40 years in marriage, and I need this book as well. So <laughs> I'd better let everyone know how to get a copy. We have it for you here at Haven Ministries, and we send it to you with our thanks, our deepest thanks for your gift to support the ministry. 
The program you're hearing today is heard through North America, but well beyond because friends like you respond and make a gift. So would you do that right now? Go over to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. You can download a sample from the book, see what we're talking about, and watch a short video with Dr. Ortland explaining more about why he wrote it. Or just give us a call right now. Our phone lines are open at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. And I'm David Wolin. Thanks for starting your week with us. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we get to celebrate marriage in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. You have a hole in your heart. It's not a medical condition, but it is a birth defect, a spiritual birth defect. It's how we all come into this world with a God-shaped void that we try to fill with everything but God. And this world never stops tempting us with new things to try, but none of those things can ever fill the emptiness. In fact, the only way to fix that hole in our hearts is to let the great physician, the one who created us, Fill that void with himself and give us new hearts that are able to do what Christ commands, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Try out Anchor Devotional today. In print monthly, visit getanchor.com.